You walk into an office where there is a large couch and a bunch of leather-bound books on the shelves. You check in and wait for your appointment. You walk into the office and there is a person in a suit behind a mahogany desk asking you all of your deepest, darkest secrets. A sports psychology consulting session is nothing like that. I want to take this opportunity to tell you a little bit about what a sports psychology consultant does and what a session with a sports psychology coach would look like. The field of sports psychology is a scientific field of study. It is the study of how psychological factors affect performance and how participation in sport and exercise can affect psychological and physical factors. The first thing I want to do is tell you the difference between counseling sports psychology also known as a sports psychologist, and coaching sports psychology, also known as a mental performance coach or a sports psychology consultant. Counseling sports psychology or sports psychologist has a PhD, while a sports psychology consultant usually has a master's degree in the field. Many times, sports psychologists are licensed clinical psychologists, and they focus on mental health counseling and therapy for athletes. They meet with individuals and can diagnose and treat mental and emotional disorders and conditions. Coaching sports psychology or mental performance coaching involves the application of sports psychology research and experience to improve athlete performance. The focus is more related to an athlete or team's mindset strengths and challenges and the associated skills and concepts to help the athlete or team meet their goals. Many times, individual athletes do not want to go to a coaching sports psychology consultant because they, quote, do not think that there is anything wrong with them in the head, end quote. Just as athletic coaches help to train the sport-specific skills that are necessary for an individual to excel in their sport, mental performance coaches help train the athlete in the mental skills that are necessary to help them excel in their sports as well. I started this episode by saying that I would tell you a little bit about what a session with a sports psychology consultant would look like. The reality of it is that every session will be different and will vary based on the athlete and the consultant. When I work with my athletes, I take several things into account. Whether or not is a team or individual sport athlete, the personality of the athlete that I'm working with, the type of sport it is, whether the athlete contacted me or a parent contacted me or a team coach or representative contacted me, the age of the athlete, the years the athlete has been playing, the experience level of the athlete, the ultimate goals of the athlete, and on and on and on. In order to factor all these things in, I need to know a little bit more about the athlete. Let's talk about how the first session looks. Before I meet with an athlete, I send them a questionnaire to fill out with some basic information about them and their sport, as well as some of the goals that they have and some of their expectations for the session and what they will get out of working with a mental coach. I also send a similar questionnaire to either the parent or the coach. This will depend on the age and level of the athlete. This is not done when working with professional or Olympic athletes. Once I've reviewed that information, I schedule a first session with the athlete. I want to make sure that the athlete is comfortable in this session, and so it's done in a location where the athlete recommends. It can be done in a team room, on the field, in an office, in the media room, online, etc. Basically, anywhere where the athlete is comfortable for the first session. The most important thing with the first session is that I develop a rapport with the athlete. What does that mean? That means that I get to know the athlete and the athlete feels comfortable talking to me and sharing information with me. Talking to someone, anyone, about things you're having trouble with or things you look at as a weakness, 
such as being anxious when you're up to bat with the full count in the bottom of the ninth, is difficult. It requires the individual to be comfortable with the person they're talking to. I cannot stress enough how important being comfortable in this relationship is. Because of this, there is usually not a lot that is done in an introductory session other than getting to know the athlete and possibly some of the things they want to work on. I want to stress this because there have been several times that coaches have come to me with an individual that has a specific issue and wants me to spend 20 minutes with them to quote unquote, fix it. For all of the coaches and athletes out there, this is not realistic. Do you go to soccer practice one time and expect to be Pele? Do you have one hitting session at the cages and expect to be Babe Ruth? Do you go to one single private setting session and expect to be Misty May? No. So why do you think that going to one session with a mental coach will fix the anxiety that you've developed in a specific situation over your entire sports career? For example, now that we've gone over a little bit about what the first session would look like and what to expect, what about the sessions moving forward? A quote-unquote typical session will have a couple of different components. The first thing that we will talk about is if there are any things that came up since our last session that the athlete wants to discuss. Things that are happening with their team or problems they had at practice or something that happened during a game that they need help with or want to work on. In the beginning of working with an athlete, the first few sessions will have a specific topic to focus on based on the initial questionnaire that the athlete wants to work on. These are the educational components that give the athlete additional tools to help them be successful when different things come up in their sport. This educational part of the session can also lead to the athlete thinking about situations or additional topics they want to discuss. I also have my athletes keep notebooks so they can write down questions that they may have between sessions or how they are doing with things that they are working on. For example, when we do visualization, an athlete will track what they did, for how long, what they learned, and some things they may need help with or if they have questions. As with any new skill that you learn, you want to make sure that you're practicing the skill and finding ways to make changes and the process as you go. Practice does not make perfect. Practice makes permanent. It is important to practice the skill that we're learning correctly, whether it's in the sport or on the mental side. The location of the sessions can vary. For example, a visualization session may want to be done at the field or in the gym so the athlete can experience the environment while they are visualizing. A session where an athlete is discussing something that is personal or difficult to talk about would want to be done in a quiet setting where there are not other people around. The situation where the athlete is talking about goal setting, see episode one, and working on writing down their goals and what they are and want to achieve, you're going to need to write down that information, whether it is a pen and paper or a computer or a notepad on the phone. The point is that each session is going to look slightly different. The biggest thing that all sessions have in common is that the athlete feels safe and comfortable to discuss whatever topic is for that session. It has been my experience that a series of sessions is the best way to work one-on-one with an athlete. I tend to have my athletes commit to a series of sessions. This allows for both the athlete and consultant to know what to expect and have an idea of what the time will look like. For example, in a series of 10 sessions, the first session will be more of an introductory session. It is used to help the mental coach and athlete get to know each other and get an idea of some of the things that the athlete wants to work on moving forward. The next eight sessions will be both educational and situation-specific. The educational part will have the athlete learning new mental skills training tools that will help them to be successful. We will also go over sports-specific situations that arise over the course of the series and between each session that the athlete wants to discuss. 
Finally, the last session will have situation-specific and educational components. It will also have a follow-up where we will review all of the things that were learned and discussed in that series. The follow-up does not mean that the consulting has come to an end. The athlete can choose to continue. I think it is important after a number of sessions to do a review of what has happened over the last couple of months so that the athlete can see not only what they have learned, but also if there are any trends in behavior. For example, if they're having the same problem over and over, or if there's something that is not working or a situation that exists that we have not talked about. I hope this helps to give you an idea of what mental coaching looks like. The most important thing is to find somebody that you can work with, that you feel comfortable talking to, and that you can be honest with. If you have any questions, feel free to contact me at radoconsulting.com. That's R-A-T-T-O. C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G dot com. Next week, I'll be going over a general outline of some examples of what team mental performance coaching session could look like. I will leave you with this quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson. What lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. Have a great week. 